Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. This, these next couple of weeks I'm doing a um, somewhat of a, a very short series because it's literally this week and next week. Um, but what I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be going through our core values as a church. And the reason I'm doing this is because we go through them in our growth track, but we go through them very quickly. And we kind of just talk about them real fast, and there's not a lot of time to spend and talk about why, why are these our values? Why do we, do we believe in these things? And so um, I want to I talk today about our core values, and I'm going to do half of them this week, and I'm going to do the rest next week. So I'm encouraging you, please, please be a part of these next couple of weeks. Invite somebody for next week. Maybe they're looking for a home church or somebody you know that's been asking about the church you've been going to. These next couple of weeks are the perfect time to visit. Um, I understand that today's the Super Bowl, um, but I don't think anybody has any teams in there except for Javi. And so um, <laughs> the 49ers, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> we love Javi, just not the 49ers. But... Um, yeah, so these next couple weeks are going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good time. And, and I understand that when you come to a new church, and, and listen, for all of us, every one of us, this is a new church. We just opened. And so we've only been open about 10 months now. And we'll be actually celebrating our, our year mark in the month of May. And so that's going to be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. But I can't believe it's almost been a year. That's insane. But so I understand that it's not always easy to come to a new church. I mean, for us, my family and I, it wasn't easy for us. We were from Los Angeles, and we came out here, and, and we were kind of like, oh, man, we don't really know what to do at this point. We, we took some pointers and had some, you know, we, luckily we knew one of our friends lived out here already. Um, and then, thank God, a lot of our friends from California decided to move and help us as well. And so, but when we first moved out, it was a little bit uncomfortable. And um, because routine is comfortable, right? When you, when you're, you, especially, even if you're not going to church, like those Sundays away from church can get pretty comfortable. And when you're, even when you're a part of another church or a part of another ministry, it, routine is comfortable. But change is good. There's nothing wrong with change, right? I, I, I think um, we're not trying to rob people from other churches. That's not our goal. Uh, we're not going to other churches passing out flyers. That's not what we do. Um, but what we do believe is that when people want to come to our church, we, um, we want to embrace that. And we want to, we want to, but we want to make sure we're all on the same page because we understand that change is not always easy, but change is sometimes good. And so um, when you're here, you matter. When you come to our church, really, any, any of the churches that we're, we're connected with and affiliated with, when you come to those churches, you matter. You are important. Now, I understand that, that you can get lost sometimes, right? We can all get lost sometimes. We can all have those moments where, like, I don't really feel like I matter. Does anybody have those times? We all have them, even me, even in our church today. I'm like, I'm the pastor, but I don't even feel like it matters. No, I'm kidding. That, sometimes, if I'm honest, I guess. But you matter here. It's, it's, it matters that you come on Sundays. It matters that you, when you commit yourself to something that you're actually a part of it. But the reason we're going through this is so you can understand, we can all understand what we're a part of. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 19. Uh, let me fix this real quick. My screen is locked. All right. It says this, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Everybody matters in the house of God. Every believer is a, is a is significant part of the body of Christ. It really matters that you come. It matters that you that you're that you're here. And I, I can't I can't stress that enough because, and I've talked about this before in another message, but because you you help create the culture of our church. I'll say that one more time as I move this. You help create the culture of our church. We, and I, again, there's a whole message on this. I would go listen to it. It's on our podcast. It's, it's really called Culture. So who you are makes up who we are. Our culture is not defined by a single individual, but our culture is defined by the full body coming together and creating that culture, right? If, if, if we all miss every other Sunday or every Sunday or we come once every few months, guess what kind of culture we're beginning to establish, a culture of, oh, I can miss this week, and it's okay. I don't have anything to do. I just take a break. But we create the culture together. So that's why it matters that you come because what you invest and how you invest makes a difference. How we invest into the church, how we invest into the body of Christ makes a difference. Now, I'm not saying, like, you, you can never go on vacation with your family, and you have to be here every Sunday. And if you're going to go, you better show up. And then, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Vacations with your family, it's good. That's a good thing, okay? Can we all agree with that? It's good to take a break with your family. It's good. My family and I, we do that. We'll go to California um, a lot more than we probably should. But um, we go every, every so often to see our family back at home and so our kids can know their grandparents. And so that's, that matters to us. So I'm not saying like, hey, you have to be here every Sunday and it's a, this rigid thing where if you're not, you're going to be like um, left out of things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I want you to see your value in showing up. You get what I'm saying? Yes? Okay, cool. Great. But how each of us invest into this makes a difference. Buy-in matters. It matters that we buy into what God is doing here. Take ownership of what God is doing here. I say this all the time. This is not my church. This is our church. Right? We're doing this together. So because we're doing it together, we can't be passive about what's happening. We have to understand, I'm a member of of the body of Christ. So whatever gifting you have, guess what? When you don't come, we don't have that gifting. What you bring to the table when you don't come, we don't have that. We need it. We need your gifts. The body of Christ needs your gifts. Every one of us have, has gifts to edify the body. Gifts from God are never for your own gain. Gifts from God are to edify and encourage one another. So if you're not coming, and again, I'm not saying like it's this strict religious thing. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to see your value because we can't be passive with our gifts. We have to take ownership of it. Okay, I matter here. I'm a part. You may not see the specifics of where you belong, and, and I get it, right? It's kind of hard to find that when you first come to a new church or to a new city. It's kind of hard to find, okay, where do I fit in here? But can I encourage you, don't leave until you find out. Because some of us will leave because it's a little bit uncomfortable, but change is uncomfortable. Or we'll leave because we don't really feel, we don't really see our place. 
Maybe the reason you don't see your place is because we have to create our space. We create, I'm, I'm this gift, and I can help the body in this, in this, in this way. You, you understand? So we, we buy in together. Don't feel unqualified or underqualified to be a part and involved in our church. I said it last week. I, if anybody's unqualified, it's me. I, seriously. We are all underqualified to do the work of God, but we're all graced and empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish that work. Right? And so when you come, I don't want you to feel like, man, I don't belong, or I'm underqualified, or I'm not good enough, or I don't have a space here. I mean, our church is so, so new that there's a hundred spaces that need to be filled. Okay, that was kind of a joke, but <laughs> I guess it wasn't that funny. <laughs> we can do more together. We can do more together. If we're all creating that culture, if we're all inviting, if we're all encouraging, if we're all uplifting, if we're all praying for each other, then we have a church that invites. We have a church that encourages. We have a church that prays. Right? We can accomplish more together. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. We have to come to a place where, look at, as a pastor here, something, one thing that I hate in the church is gossip. Hey, gossip. I, and listen, this is the truth. This is the truth. Is we all have opportunity, and sometimes we all struggle with it. No, but the, the, the first amen was like, yeah, we hate it. The second one's like, no, 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 wait a second. <laughs> but we all struggle with that sometimes. But the point of what I'm saying is that we have to, as a, as a collective group, say, no, 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 we're going to cut that out. There's not going to be divisions among our church. There's not going to be, we're not going to talk about one another. We're not going to bad talk the, 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 the people that are running things. Or we're not going to bad talk people that we don't understand. We're going to love them. We're going to encourage them. And yes, there, will there be disagreements? Absolutely. But disagreements don't have to create division. If anything, disagreements create an opportunity to build a stronger relationship. My wife and I disagree a lot. Mostly on where to eat. We disagree, but that doesn't mean there's division in our marriage. That just means we have two different personalities. But when we come together, guess what? We're stronger together. Right? So in the church, you may disagree with, you may disagree with something I say. I'll apologize in advance. But that's okay. And it's okay to say, hey, what did you mean by that? Can you explain that? That's okay because, listen, assumption creates division. When you assume things, well, he said this, so I feel like he meant this. And because I feel like he meant this, I'm going to go off my emotion of what I feel like he meant, and that causes division. Communication overcomes assumption. So when you begin to communicate your issues, you communicate like, man, I, I, I'm struggling with understanding this. I'm struggling with understanding why you said to come to church every Sunday. I don't really understand that. Or I'm struggling to understand why you take the offerings like that or where the money goes. All that stuff is fine to talk about. That's okay to talk about because we have to be united with the same mindset in order to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. And listen, guys, what God has called us to accomplish as a house, as a church, is so much greater than us as individuals. I'm telling you right now, if you stick around, if you stick around to this church, we're going to look back five, ten years from now and say, man, remember when we were in that little building right there on Front Street? And we're going to have churches out. We're going to have missionaries out. We're going to be giving to missions work. We're going to be doing a lot of things for the community and for the city. This is all in the vision, in the plan, but it takes buy-in. It takes each one of us saying, okay, I'm in. But what are we buying into? And that's really what I want to 
bring out today. Because there is a vision behind what we do. We're not just guessing, right? Like, well, I guess we'll see what happens next week. No, there's a vision behind it. God has put something in our hearts and in our, in our, in our heads to say, man, this is where we're going. Habakkuk 2.2 says, the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain. So, so these next couple weeks, I'm going to make it plain. I'm going to explain to you what our, what our heart is and the culture that we want in our church and how these core values really guide our church into that culture and they guide us to accomplish. Ultimately, our mission is, we say this, um, reach, restore, release. We reach the lost, we restore relations, relationships with the Lord, and we release each individual into their God-given destiny. Now, your God-given destiny may not look like mine, but that doesn't mean I can't empower you and encourage you to accomplish what God put on your heart. So that's our mission as a church. We want to reach the lost, the broken, the hurting, the outcast, the, the lonely, the depressed, all the angry, all those people. We want to reach that lost person, bring them to the house of God as a church, as a unit, encourage them, support them, pray for them, and help them to have a restored relationship with the Lord. Let their relationship be restored, bring discipleship and growth and maturity. And when, that, when they reach that moment of release, we release them into what God has given, what God has put on their heart. Does that make sense? So this is how these things, these core values is how we accomplish that. Our number one core value as a church is relationship. Now, it's not going to do it today, but these core values actually spell out reclaim. And I say that every time I talk about it because it took me a long time to get these words to make sense like that, to, like, actually pray about it and say, okay, God, what are our core values? And then make it spell out reclaim because it's easy. So our number one core value is relationship. One thing we value above everything else is our relationship with God. It is important to us, or to me, that each one of us do our very best to cultivate this relationship daily. Secondly, we value our relationship with each other. We are stronger and better off together. We celebrate our highs and encourage each other through our lows. So with God and each other, Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40, it says, Teacher, which is, the greatest, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all, uh, depend all the law and the prophets. See, as a church, we want to help each member cultivate their relationship with God first. And then cultivate their relationship with each other. We do this by our sermons on Sundays. My goal on Sunday is not to get you to feel good. That is not my goal in my sermons. Now, if it, if it happens, praise God. Awesome. But my goal as a pastor when I'm preaching my sermons is to help you get closer to the Lord. Because I've said this many times that I cannot build your relationship with God for you. I cannot change you. I cannot... Heal your heart. Only God can do that. So my job as a pastor and anybody that comes on this pulpit to preach at our church, our job is to create a place where we're building and cultivating every member to, to get closer to the Lord. We, we do this by preaching the truth, even when it's hard. There's things that we stand for as a church that the world is against, but we preach it anyway, even when it's tough. Because I'm not going to sway you. I don't want a big church and, and preach, preach, preach things that are not true. 
I want to build people for the Lord, and we can only do this by preaching the truth. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. Our job as pastors and preachers is to preach truth, to equip you so you can restore and build your own relationship with the Lord. We do this in our services by our worship. If you notice, for the last few weeks, we just worship. We're not on an agenda. We don't, have, like, we don't even have a clock in the back. You may be like, well, you better put a clock on right now because there's a lot going on today. Well, there's no clock. There's a time. I guess that's the clock. There's no timer. I, I, I do this sometimes. I just go off of things that are not in my notes, and I shouldn't. <laughs> so we do this in our services, our time of worship, our time of prayer, our prayer meetings every other Saturday. This Saturday coming up, we have a prayer meeting here at 9 o'clock. Be a part of it. It's amazing. We do this in, in, in our pursuit of the presence of God. We understand that we want to cultivate a relationship between you and God, and we'll do anything we can as leaders and pastors of this church to help and make that happen. We do this in our small group. If you're not a part of a small group, we do it every other Friday. There's one in Austin. There's one in Taylor. And there's one in Hutto. I'd encourage you to be a part of that. Those are intentional. Those are not just like, oh, let's just do something cool. No, no, no. Those are intentional to build relationships amongst each other. How many of you go to a small group? How many of you love it? How many of you like spending time with each other? It's amazing. So we, we do this together so we can cultivate relationships with one another. So you see every aspect of our church is to build relationship with God and each other. So let's talk about you and God. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm going to drop some revelation on you. You want me to drop it right now? It's going to be good. It, write this down. I'm sure you've never heard anything like it. That's sarcasm if you didn't get it. A personal relationship with God can only be developed personally. That's amazing, right? We didn't know. <laughs> oh, man. Your relationship with God can only de be developed in your personal time with God. Now, church helps. Small groups, they help. You get a good word, get encouraged. But you have, you have to pursue God for yourself. I'm telling you, there's so much depth to God that we can pursue him every single day, every single minute, every, all, the whole time, and we will never find the end of him. But it's our job as, as people, as followers, as Christians to pursue our own relationship with the Lord. And this is developed through daily devotion and obedience, through spending time in prayer, getting into some prayer. Praying, reading the word. Man, I want to encourage you. You should be the protector of your home. You should be praying for your families. You should be praying for your marriages. Prayer is what, is, is what develops that relationship with the Lord. Reading his word. I feel like we've lost that impo the, the importance of the word of God. Spending time in devotion to him. Man, ten minutes is better than nothing. Five minutes of prayer is better than zero. If, you, if you're saying, man, well, I can't pray for an hour. Okay, don't. Pray for ten minutes. Just pray. Just talk to God. Because it's our, it's our personal responsibility to say, Lord, I'm going to pursue you. The basics, it's not a secret on how to build a relationship with the Lord. You pray, you read, and you obey. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. 
and I'm going to walk in obedience to what the Word of God says, to what the Lord speaks to me through prayer, and to what the Holy Spirit convicts me of throughout my day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. Amen. So you, you can know God, and, and I push this like every Sunday. Like this is, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't get it or like, man, you don't understand it, but it's so, I, I, I don't want us to ever lose the, the weight of this truth that you can know God personally. You don't have to know God through me or through church. You can know God for yourself. For yourself. He, he wants that relationship with you. And the truth is we all need that relationship. We're all in desperate need of a Savior. Amen? Can we all agree on that? We're all in desperate need of a Savior. We're all in need of healing, right? We're in need of breakthrough. A lot of us have things that we're praying for, but this can be accomplished in our relationship with the Lord. Now, our relationship with each other goes hand in hand with our relationship with God. It matters how you treat people. John 13, 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you love each other, then it shows that you are disciples of God. I love when people come to our church and they, the first thing they say is, man, people are so welcoming. They, I can just feel the love here. I'm like, praise God, because that's what we want to build. We want a place where people come and they feel that love. They feel that connection with people. Because our relationship with each other shows how we value our relationship with God. 1 John 2, 9 and 10 says, Whoever says he, in the, he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Our love for each other is, 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 a, is a good trait, or really it's fruit of our love for God. So if you don't love people, then we should reevaluate our love for the Lord. Right? The church has always been a community of people, not a building. Now, it's great to have a building, and I'm glad we got one. Praise God. It was a little, it was a little tough getting there once a week and setting up, tearing down. Remember that? Thank God that we're here. So I'm glad we have this building. It's a, it's a blessing. It's amazing. But the church is not this. The church is us. We build the church. We are the church. So it's always been about relationship. It's always been about community to, to get to know each other and to see the value in those relationships. To not just come on Sunday, sit down, and hear the word, and then, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gone. Like, I'm getting in my car, taking off as fast as I can. And if you're lucky, you get an extra donut. But, that, but that's not what church is about. Right? It's about coming in. Who can I talk to today? Who can I get to know? Who can I encourage? I need encouragement. Who can I get encouragement from? It's having somebody to rely on and being somebody to rely on. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another. Man, we can hear that again. Be kind to one another. Some of us need to hear that in our marriages, with our kids. Be kind to one another, right? Like that's, it's so, it's so easy, but it's so difficult. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. That will make the church grow. That's what pe people want to come to a place where people forgive. How many of you make mistakes? I'm like, man, I don't, I, I'm hoping to see every hand. <laughs> All of us make mistakes. How many of you need forgiveness? 
All of us need forgiveness. We should be the ones to forgive first. Be the ones to say sorry first. Be the ones to let it go first. This is what the scripture is telling us. As God in Christ forgave you, did God, did God have conditions? Did he say that was too far or that was too long or, or it took you too long to apologize for that sin? Or did he forgive you when you, when you repented? It says forgive one another as Christ forgave you. This is, this is how, we, how we operate in church. We care about one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to do good works. Be there for each other. We, again, we celebrate together. We mourn together. We're excited together. We, 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 we laugh together. We joke together. We, we, we talk and we pray together. And we encourage one another. That's what the church is. It is a community of believers who have something in common. There may be different backgrounds. There may be different, different struggles. You may, be, you may look different. You may talk different. You may smell different. I don't know. But, but we all come together and we have one thing in common. And that one thing is the spirit of God. He unites us as a church, as believers. So we celebrate, like, like David and Natalie brought the baby today. We celebrate that. That's amazing. I remember when they, when they first told me that they were, they were pregnant, I was like, I, I think I said something I probably shouldn't have said, I think if I remember. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad word, okay, guys. But we were so excited for them. It's like celebrating. Yes. A part of it was so my wife could have a newborn around so we don't have to have another one. But we celebrate with them. But we can celebrate without kissing the baby, okay? You don't have to kiss the baby. You look from afar. You know what I mean? Like, like Michael Scott with the, um, no, anyway. <laughs> but we celebrate that. Bro- Brother Gary and Sheila, they just had a, a granddaughter. Amazing. That's beautiful. We celebrate with each other. But listen, we also get together and we talk to each other. You can't mourn with somebody you don't know nothing about. Right? You can't celebrate with somebody that you don't know. We have to know each other. We have to see the value in those relationships. Number one, our core value, our first core value is is our relationship with God and each other. All right? Secondly, and this is is almost over, okay? (laughs) Encounter. We value encounter. We value encounters. Without encounters with God, we will always remain the same. At Reclaim Church, we will make room for God to move among us so that we can encounter him. Encounters do not just happen in church. Each of us can and should encounter God through daily prayer and devotion. We value encounters. See, encounters with God will mark you. They, 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 they're significant moments. Now, now, a relationship is continual, Right? But an, an encounter is a moment. So, but we value those moments with God because those moments, like I said, they mark us. They challenge us. They're like, it's like a, 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 an encounter with God is like a fork in the road. Like you can go this way or you can go that way. You think of the encounter that, that, that Paul or, or, yeah, Paul had, right? He had this encounter. It was like, okay, you've been doing this, but now it's time to do this. You think of the encounter that Moses had with God. It was a fork in the road. Are you going to keep running? Or are you going to do what I'm called you to do? Encounters with God will, will mark us and they'll put us in a place where we have to decide. Are we going to be radical <coughs> and obey the Lord or are we going to be in our comfort? God will never challenge you without an opportunity. He challenges us with these encounters and gives us opportunity 
to be obedient and gives us opportunity to say, yes, I'll do what you're calling me to do. I may be uncomfortable with it. I may feel unqualified for it. I may feel like I'm not ready yet. I'm, I, may, I may not understand it fully. But, God, I'm going to say yes to you because this is an encounter and an opportunity for you to, to dictate where my life goes. These encounters change us. At our church, I don't want religion. I don't want religion. I don't want repetitive, just come to church Sunday after Sunday just because. I don't want to come and, and be on this agenda of like, okay, um, 10 minutes here, 5 minutes here, 10 minutes here, altar call, 5 minutes, we're done. That's, that's not what we want here. Seriously. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll plan and we'll do what we have to do. But I don't want religion. I want to encounter Jesus. I want to know, I want to know that he's with us. I want to have those moments where we're like, like yes, God is here. And we've had those. We've had those moments of worship where we looked at each other and we're like, man, like something special is happening. Something special is happening because that's, that's when God shows up. So we want God encounters at the house of God. We want to make, God, we want to make room for God to move. Give him the space. Lord, do what you want. Do whatever you want. Luke chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. I'm actually just going to paraphrase it real quick. It's 8 through 11 uh, and, um, and then verse 21. And it's Zechariah who was a, who was a priest in the temple. And, and it, this, is, this is when they're basically they were telling him that John the Baptist was, was or, or his wife was going to be pregnant with John the Baptist. And, and the angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah and he's in the temple. And it says that all the people were waiting outside to um, basically do whatever they were doing, right? The, the, the routine of the, the religion. And, and it says that he was inside with an angel, and the angel was telling him, like, hey, you're going to have a kid. And, and he didn't believe the angel. He was arguing with the angel back and forth. And it said that the people were outside waiting, kind of like wondering, like, wait, what's going on? And the whole service was disrupted because of an encounter. I thought that was so interesting because this, I never really understood or noticed that before. But because Zechariah had an encounter with God, the whole service was put on hold. When God comes, when he moves, when he speaks, I, I, I will not rush God. I will never say, okay, God, you got to be quiet for this moment because we have to go home. How sad would that be? If, if you're coming to hear, a, to hear a word from God, if you're coming to experience God, and, and when he's here, I say, okay, guys, time to go home. That would be so sad for all of us. We'd miss out on what God wants to do. Now, we all have a decision. We could leave when God is moving. That's okay. I understand that sometimes you have to go. But for our church, really, this is God's church. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can move however he wants to move. If he wants to heal people on the spot, he can do it. This is his place. We tell him, Lord, you, you are well, God will come where he's welcomed. God will come where he's, he's valued and invited. And at our church, we will be a church that values God. Now, some people may not like that. But listen, we are not people pleasers. We're present seekers, right? I'm not, we're not here to make people, you know, like, again, we love when people are happy, and we want people to feel that joy. But we're here. Our number one agenda is to say, God, we want to meet you. God, we want to encounter you. <coughs> Amen? <coughs> oh, gosh. I need a cough drop in here. Maybe we can get one. <coughs> I don't know. All of a sudden, I just started coughing. It's a devil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ephesians 4.30 says, <coughs> it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're going to be a church that allows him to do what he wants to do. We're not going to grieve the spirit by saying, no, 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 you're on our agenda. We say, Lord, we're on your agenda. We do what you want. We go where you want. At our house, this house, we are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We're not ashamed of how he moves. And we're not ashamed of what it looks like. Amen? Oh, brother, thank you so much. That's awesome. It's going to sound a little weird from now on with this in my mouth, but I need it. <clears throat> encounters at the house. And encounters at your house. You can encounter God for yourself at your own house. That's something that we keep pushing. And we keep saying that you can have these moments. They're not reserved for church services. The, the Holy Spirit is not reserved for Reclaim Church at 11, 11 a.m. No, he's always, he's constant, he's with you. I got to take this out, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. <clears throat> he's with you, he's walking with you. You have opportunity to know him. Don't leave your faith at the church. Don't come to church and say, okay, God, you can touch me here and not believe that he could touch you at home. Encounters with God can happen anywhere. I've had deep encounters at church. I've had deep encounters at home. I've had deep encounters in my car. Thank God I was still able to drive. He, he will come where he's invited. My hope as a church, my hope is that we seek God deeply and we find him daily. That's my hope for our church. That we would not look to church as a crutch for our relationship with God. But we would understand that I can know him every single day of my life. And I can walk with him every single day. And I can seek him. And I can find him daily. This is the God that we serve. The God that is available to the broken. The God that is available to the lonely. The God that is available to the depressed and to the hurt. He's available to the sick, to the lost. This is a God that we serve. A God that is living. He's not dead. He's not boring. He's not quiet. He's alive. And he's fun. And he's full of joy. And he speaks. And, he's, and he wants to hear from you. This is the God that we serve. And you can find him daily in your walk with the Lord every single day. He can give, that, give you that breakthrough that you're looking for, the strength to overcome temptation. We all need that. But he can give it to you, the freedom to overcome bondage in your life. <clears throat> he can give all these things to you. You can know him daily for yourself. This is so important to us that we value encounters with God. That we value these moments where we, we can come, come before the Lord and just experience him. <clears throat> and sometimes, guys, listen. Sometimes when he comes. Oh, man, thank you. We got a lot of medicine here. <laughs> thank you. Listen, when, when he comes. Don't. And I, I, as we move forward as a church, let's not get into the habit of saying, okay, what's next? What's next? Okay, worship's done. What's next? Okay, announcement's over. What's next? Okay, altar call. What's next? Offering. What's next? Let's not get into that habit. What I love to do, and what we're learning to, and I love it, is when the Spirit falls on our church and He begin to begins to speak, we've learned to just be in the moment. Just be in the presence. Sometimes, sometimes the only agenda that God has is just to be with us. Is just to, just to enjoy it. Our worship team, we're learning how to just be in the moment and trust that, the, that, that he's here and he's moving and he's speaking because we value encounters. We need these encounters. And last but not least, and babe, if you want to come up and help me out. 
Thank you. <clears throat> Last but not least, we value, and I'm going to do these two together. And you notice it's R-E and then C-L. So next week you'll get A-I-M. We value community and we value life. We believe that we are placed here for a reason. We value our community and want to do whatever we can to make our city a better place. We value our neighborhoods, we value our schools, and we value our community. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're not here to hide. We're not here to say, okay, well, we got to keep our little church safe and hopefully nobody bad comes in and it's all good. No, 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 no. We're here to let our light shine. Say, man, everyone is welcome. Everyone deserves it or everyone should have a chance to experience the Lord. So we value this community and this is the truth is that every one of us has our own sphere of influence. You know people that I don't. You can invite people to, to know God and invite them to church. You can invite people that I will probably never meet until you invite them. Every one of us, your neighbors are not my neighbors. My neighbors are not your neighbors. Some of us may live in like the same region, the same area, but we still have our own sphere of influence. We have our own people that we can talk to. We want, we want to be reaching out to others. Jesus says, those in Mark 2, 17, he says, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick, I came to call the righteous, not to call the righteous, but sinners. You know how he calls them? He calls them through us. Through, through the way that we love our neighbor next door, neighbor across the street. By the way that we treat our, our, the teachers at our schools. By the way that we handle the people that we're driving on the road with. Right? This is how we shine our light. Yes, we share the gospel. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't ever share the gospel. We should be sharing the gospel. But we also should be kind people. We should be treating our neighbors well. We want to be a church that cares and supports our community. And can I tell you, we still need a lot of help with this. We want to be involved in our community. We want to, this, this year coming up in Thanksgiving, what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a Thanksgiving dinner um, donation. We're going to get as many, um, I think it's like 50 or $75 gift cards for a dinner and hand it out to as many people in need as possible. That's what we want to do as a church because we want to bless our community. For Christmas, we want to do a toy drive. For, for uh, I haven't said this, I don't think it's on our list, but I would love to do, eventually do a backpack drive where we give kids stuff that they need for school. We want to bless our community and we still need help with this, honestly. This is something that we want to do, something that we value. We're not here to just be church, we're here to be a help to the city, a light, a light. And lastly, we value life. We value life. Jesus came to the earth so that we would have abundant life. We value life and we want to live it the way that Jesus intended, abundantly. Walking with God gives us the life we were meant to have. Now, abundance doesn't always mean an abund abundance of finances. It doesn't always mean an abundance of good things and blessings, necessarily. Abundance is learning to be content with what we have and where we are. 
Now, being content doesn't mean you try to be in a better place. It doesn't mean that you're, you're not pursuing something greater. But it means that you're satisfied. And we're satisfied because we have the fullness of the Lord. My satisfaction doesn't come through money. It doesn't come through possessions. It doesn't come through my house. It doesn't come through all these things. My satisfaction comes through the Holy Spirit. It comes because I've had this, I have this relationship with God that brings me everything that I need. You understand what I'm saying? So we value this life that he's given us. We want to have a culture that appreciates life. Not a culture that's always, you know, I get it, we go through things. And there's things in life that are tough. But, but the Holy Spirit gives us this grace and this power to have joy through those tough times. I'm, I'm not saying we fake it and we say, well, there's never anything wrong. No, no, no. What I'm saying is we have a new perspective. We see through the eyes of God. 1 Timothy 6 through, verse 6 through 9 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Say, man, life is good. I know that we go through things and times are tough sometimes. But if you look around, you begin to see through the eyes of God, we can see that we've got, we've got good things. We've got a God who loves us and who's forgiven us. And I want you to understand this, that all of us have a purpose with your life. There's a purpose for your life. Seeing that value, valuing life, valuing the life of every individual that walks through those doors and saying, man, I may not know you yet, I may never have met you, but there's value in you. And you matter. And you matter here. So these are, now I've given you a little bit more of an in-depth look <clears throat> to who we are as a church. I'd ask you to consider. <clears throat> to consider fully buying into this. And say, you know what? I, I want to be a part of building that. I know a lot of you are already. I know that. I know that. But I wanted to make it plain. I wanted to get the vision, write it down, make it plain, so that we can see what we're about. So next week, we're going to be going over the last three. The last three are acceptance, intentionality, and mission. So those are our last three core values. I really want. I hope you can come. But let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.